Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, how are you, my friend? I'm fired up and ready to record. I have been anxiously waiting to get back on the air while you were enjoying a vacation. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, I'm still considered on vacation right now because I'm, you know, I'm still on leave, but in a sense, yeah, what you're talking about, yeah, uh, we visited Disney World and nice. oh my goodness, <laughs> oh my goodness, wow, that place is out of control. But um, when I say out of control, I mean taking all the money out of my wallet or bank account, whatever you want. <laughs> but other than that, though, my kids had a great time, man, and I can tell you that at 40 years old, I felt like a kid at times when I was there. Matter of fact, Uh-oh. I wanted to bring this up. I had a picture with a particular character, and you seem to not be able to differentiate between who the character was and myself. You want to tell them what that character was? Uh, was it Simba? No, I'm pretty sure it was Goofy, my friend. <laughs> I don't right on Facebook. This, I would. Oh, uh, I do. Oh, I do. You made my wife laugh, and you know everybody else that was around me. Uh, but and then also Rick Williams chimed in too. So, but yeah, no, nah, uh, I purposely actually I he, got pictures oh, of Goofy. Hold on, hold on. I think he chimed in. It was Dumbo, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, that was that part too. Oh my goodness, man, you guys are killing me, bro. Like <laughs> coming at me like this. You know what I'm saying? So like, I will. I will share that the time we went. The picture I took that everybody gave me the same heat that I gave you yeah. was with uh, King Louie. You know who King Louie is? Yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, Jungle Book. I took the picture with the orangutan, and I put my arms out like his, and I took many, many heat rounds for that. Like, many. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was throwing them at you? Who was slinging them? Them siblings of mine who just always are abusive to me anyway. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's insane, man. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, keep coming at me, man. You can get a discount on these hands. Two for <laughs> one. I'll tell you. <laughs> Actually, oh, you are so fired up. You must be home. Uh, no, I feel great. Yeah, man. It's nice to be home, be with the family. You know, it's like it's like recharging those batteries. You know what it's like, man. It, it When you're away from your loved ones for a long time and you get to be back with them, it's like, Every minute I cherish, especially, you know, with my kids, but my, I mean, I love being with my wife too. Don't, don't get me wrong. And it's kind of cool. We get our days right now. We get our days together while our children are at school. So, uh, just hang out, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like just hanging out with your wife after you've been away for a while is it's, I mean, I could just sit and just watch, uh, you know, train wreck television and it just, it feels awesome. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, having conversation, you know, and actually, you know, I mean, because when you come from being almost isolated in a sense, when you look, when you think about that way, right, um, you don't have that deep, intimate conversation with others. So you kind of hold it in and you can talk over the phone or over a video chat or something, but it's not the same, you know, um, the fact that I can roll over at night, give my wife a kiss goodnight, say goodnight, I love you and all that stuff. You know what? That means something. And I know, you know, the same thing. Uh, actually, you like to prop your book up on her pillow and let her turn it off for you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just awesome. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, you're about to do a bunch of trips. I'm going to have to get back to where I came from here in about two weeks. And we're going to have to be throwing out a lot of material. But what's really uh, what that's on my to-do list sort of be, well, I can't call it to-do list anymore because we don't do that. My crowd, right. my calendar type situation is we've got to throw out that episode 50 Warno now. I mean, we've did it before in a couple of other episodes, but we really got to throw it out there. We need to get start getting these these questions uh, built up for that episode 50 Q&A. You and I uh, just chit-chatting over the questions that are sent in by listeners, uh, friends, family, colleagues, whoever. So with that, hey, those of you out there, send myself or Ed a message, or you can uh, attach it to one of the uh, the Facebook pages of the Instinctive Influencers Podcast one or the closed Facebook group, 101 Influence is how you access it. But throw those questions and we want to, you know, have a deep discussion on things that people want answered. What, do you, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, and, um, you know, and I know there's questions out there and, and you know, uh, we want to read them and do them on the podcast. If you don't want your name said and say, hey, you know, here's my question, but I don't want to really attach a name to it, whatever. But, um, I mean, uh, if we don't get questions, Brian, it's going to be a short episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe a two-minute episode. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I, we've already got some things built up. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I really want to, gather as much as possible and and try to feed off that because there may be two different people that have a same sort of question if we kind of answer those together so this i mean this possibilities are open uh and i'm actually going to talk to what you talked about i'm going to talk to a couple people to see about getting those pre-recordings done that we already talked about um but we're going to try to we're going to try to really open it up in uh, and just throw i mean it doesn't have to be it could be on leadership it could be on team building it could be on uh uh group dynamics it could be i mean it could be on communication skills. I mean, it could be on relationship building. It could be on the fact that Ed likes weightlifting and I like CrossFit. And we can debate uh, that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I, I didn't say anything. Hey, as long as you're uh, doing some kind of fitness, I, I'm not knocking you. Absolutely. I prefer, man. you know, natural, like lift rocks and heavy yeah. things. Not, well, uh, not do pretend pull-ups. <laughs> I do real pull-ups. I, I, I don't, I can't really do the kip. I, I, I just can't, I don't have the rhythm for it. So I do regular ones, whatever. Uh, but with that, we talk about the questions and asking. So one of the things that was brought to my attention and I was, I, I was talking with my wife one day and she's like, you know, actually she mentioned it today too. Uh, she's like, you know, I kind of know what you mean by AAR and you know what you mean by AAR. But do you think your audience all knows what it means when you're you and Ed are talking about AARs? And I'm like, man, that that really makes sense. You know, we we got to explain this, man. We got to dig deep into it, and maybe we're gonna have to go old school on them, Ed. Go back to our instructor days and kind of teach a lesson in discussion format on after action reviews. What are you thinking? I think that uh, that's a good idea. And uh, now I'm gonna put you on the spot because we did not discuss this, but. So you're back from Disney, right? Right. So, I mean, we could kind of probably reference your trip a little bit, you know, what were you supposed oh. to do? You know, you can use that as your concrete experience for the episode. Uh, I think it's a good idea. And we've both been to Disney, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. AAR the trips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can AAR our trips. 
All right. Well, maybe we'll throw that in as like little tidbit uh, nuggets for those who have been and those who haven't want to learn. So first thing is right off the bat, I'm just going to say this. Start prepping your money now. All right, people. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's been 10 years. I know that's true. Oh man, I'll tell you, it it'll get you back pocket. But to tell you uh, the fun you have with it, to see the you know the the kids' faces when they see certain things. <laughs> hey, when I see certain people, I was like, oh wow, you know. So, so didn't it was, I promise you, you were gonna make memories that will never go away. The, the, your oh, kids yeah, are absolutely. perfect age too. You know, there the things happen during that trip that will be brought up when your kids are 18, 20, you know, thirty <laughs> years old. So that's the beauty oh, of yeah. Disney, and I get it is expensive, but I, I just think that that's kind of the catch to it. Is there's just things that happen that you'll never ever forget. Oh yeah, it was it was the price is worth it. Uh, it was funny on the travel down. So we went with uh, my father in law and mother in law. They went with us um, because they'd wanted to go again, and you know they're getting older and they don't feel like the trips are going to be as easy to take as they get older. So we took them with us. Uh, we had rented a van and went down my wife she was adamant to try to get a picture of me driving a minivan not (laughs) didn't happen um but we went down together and on the way down he'd asked me a question and the question was so what is it that you really want to experience see do whatever while you're there and my answer to him was and it's the fat kid in me i can't wait to eat all the different types of foods because (laughs) the restaurants are freaking amazing man like it was one morning no joke um and obviously we're kind of dabbling into the events before we get into the AAR piece of everything. Uh, but uh, we had breakfast and I got, it's basically like eggs Benedict, but instead of having like a normal meat, it was lobster. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Cause I love, I'm from new England. That's what we like up there. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that, that lobster. Yummy. It was so good, but that's kind of what I told him. I said, you know, cause I had already previewed all the menu items prior to going. Cause you can look at everything. So I was like already building up, hey, I want this, I'm going to do this, I want to get some of this food and that food. And it was just, you know, they had the, have you ever had an Impossible Burger? No. So it's this plant-based, um, and I guess supposedly it was, it was uh, originally uh, built in a laboratory to figure out, it's this burger, I'm no joking, when I started eating it, uh, the very first one I started eating, I was like, oh my goodness, because you know, I'm allergic to red meat um, and mammals and whatnot, eating mammal meat. And I started eating it and I thought, this has to be beef. It tastes so good, right? And I it actually kind of gave me the sweats a minute because I'm like, I hope they didn't mess up and give me the wrong <laughs> thing, you know? But it was the right thing and it, it was really good. So I would recommend people out there, if you, if you want to try something that's alternate to, you know, and obviously if you can't, if you're like me, you can't have meat or you just don't want it, try that Impossible Burger, man. <sighs> good hey we got to get after it man we got to talk about this after action review so let's look at it so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what it is and then we're going to go through the different steps um, of you know what's required to uh, conduct an after action review and what we have is we actually pulled up what's uh, considered an old manual Uh, it's no longer used technically this is actually an older one now there's different ways to go about it but it's called a leader's guide to an after action review uh, basically the chapters one through five is the after action review. So it basically talks about it. Then planning the after action review, preparing for the after action review, conducting the after action review, and then follow up using the results of the after action review. All right. Uh, but we're going to go right through this 
and we're going to kind of help you, the listeners, understand what it is. I, and you know what's funny, Ed? We've you you and I've both spent a great deal of time in the service. Um, have you ever got to a point where you, you've been in long enough to where you 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 thought somebody knew what they were supposed to do and how to conduct it, but then you noticed eh, that's not quite right? Yeah, I I I have, and then there's been times when I thought I knew what I was doing, and you know, come to find out it wasn't quite. Uh, you know, the correct method or, or way of doing something. So yeah, just cause you've been around a long time, you know, uh, you move around different organizations, different positions. So yeah, I've seen it. Uh, you see it quite a bit, especially, um, young leaders, young lieutenants, young sergeants, mm-hmm. you see it a lot. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I say this because I was glad you brought up the whole idea that, uh, sometimes you even notice, uh, you had noticed you weren't doing things right. I can tell you, and we have to bring this up because we use um, our lifelong learning lessons uh, to help display what we've, we understand and know now. But I use the fact that when I went to the academy to become an instructor, to teach this and to, to help young soldiers uh, learn how to uh, give, you know, to, to do many things as a leader, but one, to do a proper after action review, I actually learned that I was doing some things wrong during mine. Because we would ask questions uh, within it, and we'll hit upon those questions of what the questions really should be and what they really shouldn't be. Because we would used to ask certain questions, you're like, yeah, yeah, you're not really supposed to do it that way because you're not going to get good feedback. So, um, so that's why I wanted to say because I not only have I noticed other people kind of messing it up a little bit, but even myself. And this was, you think about, it. went to went to the academy. I was almost 16 years in. So I've been doing things wrong for quite a while. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. All right. So with this, an after action view is a professional discussion of an event focused on performance standards that enables soldiers to discover for themselves what happened, why it happened, and how to sustain strengths and improve on weaknesses. It is a tool leaders and units can use to get maximum benefit from every mission or task. Now, we can interchange the words like always. We've always done this before. It doesn't have to be enable soldiers or you know, or units. It could be to enable employees, enable civilians, enable uh, team members. And it doesn't have to be units. It could be uh, companies, corporations, what, uh, small businesses. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just the fact that we're, we're going to go over this and we'll use those words often and interchangeable. Yes. Uh, with that very first part, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, big thing is it is interchangeable. I never really thought of that, um, as being an interchangeable thing. So I've never thought about like, wow, in the civilian sector, you could really use this, right? Like you can improve an organization. Um, through conducting these after action reviews and, and use them as improvement tools. Now in the military, yeah, I I see it. I know it's an excellent tool for us, but I've never thought about it outside of our uh, outside of our realm, Brian. Yeah. And and the crazy thing is, is you could even use it in your family. You can use it as maybe an event you did, like going to Disney World, That's like what you I said. said. Or, yeah. <laughs> or or if you have a child who plays a sport. Or they do a particular after-school activity. You can kind of use it there, and you can do it in general conversation. And that's the difference because we're going to get into a formal and informal. There's two different types uh, of ways of going about it. Uh, but with that, 
This particular, so this format or the after action review that we use in the military, those of you listening, what it does is it provides candid insight into specific soldier, leader, and unit strengths and weaknesses from various perspectives, right? So you have to think about it that way. You're going to, you're getting input from all directions. Uh, Ed, you've talked about it before, the 360 degree uh, leadership evaluation. Yep. Yeah. The assessment. Yeah. And Would you consider that a form of an after action review? I absolutely. It's a, a after action review on my leadership. It's telling me, you know, how I perform with candid feedback and then anonymous candid feedback, because the candid part isn't easy when I know Brian said, you know, he said these things, but when they provide that feedback um, anonymously like that, it makes it a lot, that one makes it a lot easier to say, Hey, here's your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And, and you know, with that, so we talked, you talked about candid feedback, feedback and insights to critical battle focus training type thing. We can think of it as, uh, if you say critical battle focus training uh, to a civilian sector, they'd be like, "Whoa, we're not in battle." Well, no, you do have you have enemies of sorts. Um, it's your competitors, or it is uh, the consumer who wants to bring you down because they don't like your product, whatever it is. So you do have those types of things. But the the key key word there that you mentioned is feedback, and it's understanding that I need to take in this if it's a, if it's on me. I need to be able to, we talk about ego all the time, yep. be able to take take that feedback and be able to use it instead of being, oh, well, you know, this is, yeah, that's why we did this because we couldn't do this. So yeah, we're not going to, no, you don't say anything. Uh, I will tell you right before I left um, the unit there, I did a, a massive company PRT session. We did a, we did a, a, an EMOM or every minute on the minute type thing. And right at the very end, we did, uh, a AAR and it, there, at no point was there, Oh yeah, well I could have done that, but I didn't. So this, you know, I, no excuses. I just said, okay, so what happened? You know, I went through the, the whole rigmarole and everything they said, I turned around and wrote it down. And then right before myself and the commander walked back, I took my phone and took a picture. So that way, next time I do that, I'm going to go back and review that. And that's that feedback that I need to help for the focus training, all right? So details often lacking in uh, evaluation reports alone. That's part of what it provides. Those small details, because depending upon the level, um, so let's let's uh, let's look at, Ed, when we used to do AARs, one of the biggest things we used to do it for was uh, physical readiness training, correct? Yeah, we used to do it every day, twice a day, right? Like each soldier had to conduct one, and then you may even conduct one for the entire session. So maybe even three times. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think our soldiers at the time that they would get more out of if it was just, say, for instance, use the instructor and them as a one-on-one discussing it? Or that they may get more feedback um, or they may be get more to take in from it if it's the whole group setting? So it's a, there's a catch to the group setting. So I'm going to start off by saying, yes, you get more coming from their peers if their peers take it seriously. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times you'll say, you know, you'll be doing this review of how things went and the peers will say, well, the weather was nice. Okay. The soldier had nothing to do with the weather. So that's not helping to develop 
that soldier for the next time they give the session. You know what I mean? So if it's taken seriously, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, the buy-in is more when it comes from your peer. And that's the thing. Uh, we really have to look at it as sometimes you can you can receive more as a peer uh, than as if uh, so. If a senior is saying it, you kind of feel like they're they're almost like not belittling you, but they're like they're basically pinging, pinging out all your wrongs and you don't really hear their rights as much. Absolutely. Um, or maybe, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they're just praising too much and it's like, whoa, 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 stop praising. I need to know what I need to do to become better. Right. And that's, I mean, shoot, when people get promotions, uh, you just made, you know, just recently, not too long ago, you were selected uh, for the mass sergeant list. And one of the things they do after that, when that, those uh, results came out, they publish an AAR for individuals to uh, know where they may be not meeting the mark. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. Now we have to realize this though. ARs are not cure-alls for problems. They're not the cure-all. You don't save things um, for an AAR to make an on-the-spot correction. Leaders must still make on-the-spot corrections and take responsibility for whatever it is that their training or the soldiers or, or civilians are doing or what, what the organization is doing. You still have to make those because think about it this way. An AAR is not going to save a life when it's a high risk type in environment. So we really have to look at that way too. So you remember that. However, ARs are a key part of the process of conducting any event. It, they are so key uh, we live by we live by them and die by them in the in the service, literally and figuratively. All right, they are what help us look at what we need to do next time to ensure lives are not lost, um, people are not injured, equipment is not damaged, and we're meeting the training needs. And that's what's key about it. And it can work for civilian entities. The goal is to improve everyone. So long story short, when it comes to knowing what an after action review is, you have to realize this. It's basically looking back an event that took place. It's helping fortify knowledge already had and additionally gives gaining of new knowledge or understanding to help make something better. Uh, Two different types. You want to talk about the two different types that we have uh, Uh, when it comes to ARs? Yes, Brian, I would love to. There are the formal <laughs> and the informal AAR. And uh, I, to me, this, I always remember it because, you know, it's one of the key pieces A formal takes more planning, more preparation. So formal would be, for instance, if I have a business and I got, I'm on a team, right? I have my own little team, whatever it is, accounting, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in the conference room. I'm going to maybe have a slide. I'm going to identify a recorder. Like these are things that take, Maybe I'm going to have somebody else who uh, has been doing some op- observing. They're going to come in, provide us some feedback. That's a formal. It's more rapid or more um, uh, planned out. You know, you put it on the calendar. Hey, two weeks, we're going to do this. Da, da, da. Now, informal is basically impromptu, whatever. I mean, let's think about it. So we talked about the gym. Mm-hmm. A- AR really is so you know, me and you're working out and you do the bench press and then you get up and I say, Hey, your range of motion was awesome, but you need to tuck your elbows in. That was an informal AAR. I just told you what you did well. And I also told you something you can improve on. 
So that's an informal impromptu AAR. So basically you're saying you're saying people are actually doing these already. They just didn't realize they were doing AARs. Yeah. Hey, when you go on a trip and you say, I'm not taking that route again because that area was just ridiculous. Uh the bridge from Virginia into Maryland, the mix we call it the mixing bowl. Oh, traffic is so bad there. I think next time we go to DC, we're gonna catch the train. So we just said what was bad and how we're going to fix it the next time. That's somebody doing an AR without knowing they're doing an AR. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> what we do is we get, we're going to go into now is basically how it's conducted like, uh, from the get-go all the way through the follow-up. And it's the, the, the steps are the planning, preparing, conducting, and then the follow-up. Um, to maximize the effectiveness of the AARs, though, leaders should plan and rehearse for before the training actually begins, all right? So a, after action review, planning is a routine part of any type of unit uh, training that we do. But at the same time, it can also, let's say somebody's trying to meet a new project goal or new they're, they're conducting a new project within uh, a civilian entity, they can actually plan for it there also. So plan for an AR that you're gonna conduct it. Just even that small piece of saying, hey, we're going to conduct an AAR. We're selecting these people to take critical notes, but we still need notes from everybody else or everybody's opinion, right? So just doing that in itself, just saying that you're going to do it and then setting maybe a date or a time frame or, you know, a completion. So here's the completion date that we're supposed to have. So we're going to try to do the AR X amount of days. Planning for it is very crucial because before you can do anything, rehearsals with us, rehearsals are one of the most crucial things. Well, that's planning. That's part of the whole planning and preparing is conducting rehearsals. Uh, I, I personally think if a civilian entity uses, use this uh, particular format that we have here, that the, that the United States Army has been using for years, I think they're going to, they would actually see uh, a massive performance, uh, in the positive and not the negative with it. So what do you think? Oh, I think there's benefit to it. I think there's a benefit anytime that you can identify a shortcoming, identify a solution to a shortcoming, and then implement that solution uh, in any organization to include your household. That's, it's just a excellent tool for those things. Like I said, we don't have to, in my house. So, you know, we're not going to whip out the old uh, dry erase board and start taking notes and do some formal AAR at the house. But it's as simple as saying, hey, you know, this is this. Next time we should try this. My wife's saying, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. And then we implement it. It's, you know, it's an easy process. But I think it's excellent for any organization. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so when it comes to the planning, all right, leaders are responsible for the planning, executing, evaluating, and assessing training. This is the deal. If it's not, to me, this is one of those things that, to me, this is one of those top-down approaches. If the top takes it serious, many others throughout that chain of command are going to do the same thing. Uh, have you seen that before where either the top didn't take it serious or the top did take it serious? Uh, yes, I have. Do have. I've seen that. Yeah, because how, how did you feel about those? So when the top doesn't take it serious, then that lacks that buy in for the, the lower because they look to you. You're their influencer. You're their leadership. You're their, mm -hmm. you know, they're, you're where they're trying to get to. So you're sending them a message that it's not that serious. I love what you said there. 
you're their influencer. Hence the name of the show, Instinctive Influencers. Yeah. It in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then that's, I, I've seen the same thing, Ed. Um, let's say, for instance, so we do the command climate surveys. Uh, and we talked not too long about this. That is a form of an AAR for the command to know how things are within their organization. And it's anonymous, so it's a little bit more open. Now, there's sometimes people put stuff that's just, that makes no sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they put derogatory stuff. Or, or when I say that, they're using profanity and stuff like this. Things that aren't, don't, or that really. Stuff. Yeah, 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 just stuff like that. Yeah, that happens, but you're going to gain a little bit more understanding and knowledge from that. So you got to plan for it. We plan for these. Each event is evaluated during the actual training execution. We have to realize that. So when we're planning it, we have to know that, hey, there are certain elements to this that we need conducted by all leaders of the chain of command. It's continuous and used to provide immediate feedback on training proficiency. All right. So the unit undergoing the, uh, the evaluation plan resources and conducts internal evaluations. They not only do you have those who are watching it, right? right. So you'll have a select crew of people. Uh, we call them OCs, uh, within the army, yep, observers. Uh, ob- observers, exactly. And those are the individuals who are, they basically kind of walk around. They have no part in the actual thing. Their, their sole job is to pay attention to what's going on. And those those help us uh, basically understand uh, because they, they have no part. They have no skin in the game. So you have to select those uh, and, and make sure they're trained, qualified OCs. That's, that's, that's a key piece. Now, if they don't, they don't understand what the task is and they don't understand what your, your, your standard operation procedures is, then they're not going to be able to properly evaluate according to that. Now, and, and when I say standard operating procedures, SOP, we'll refer to the rest of the time as SOPs, but they're going to use that as their guide. Now, if we differentiate a little bit from the SOP, what we're really doing is we're saying, hey, maybe the SOP doesn't work here. This is why we, this is what we did. And we're going to update our SOP later. And, and, and organizations can do that too, right? Uh, you have to also identify when the ARs will occur. Now, do we have to wait to the end, Ed, to do just an AAR? No, uh, no, because I've been to the National Training Center in Fort uh, Irwin, California, and there's certain significant events, and afterwards there'll be a pause X or you know a pause in the action or the training to do the AR because you don't want to wait. So what I did this Monday, you can't have an AR with me next Monday because I'm gonna tell you I'm not remembering any of it. So you want to do it as close as possible to the actual event to get that extra um, feedback and understanding. And if possible, I'm going to tell you, so for the National Training Center, you usually do it um, near where you, whatever the event was. So if we're doing a convoy, you usually do it near the convoy route, or you use what we call a sand table, which is basically a big model of the route so that we can visualize, which we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. we can visualize what we're talking about when we're going over our after action review. And that's probably why it's key that those who are the OCs are taking good notes, but leaders need to be doing it at the same time, right? So if they're noticing something else, the, and and it can be discussed as they conduct the ARs. Uh, One of the other things, and I always, 
I don't know. It's always hard to select the right audience in certain instances, but determining who will actually attend the AARs. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, when it comes to selecting those individuals? Well, I mean, you want people who are involved in whatever you're doing the AR for. You know what I mean? Like, so if we're talking convoy operations, do I want my aviators there unless they were providing some kind of air support or air cover or uh, dust off, which is the medevac? then they probably don't need to be a part of that. Like, it's not their thing. If I'm AR in a motor pool, right, and, and the mechanics performance in, in a task, do I do I want the dining facility staff there? Probably not. Wasting their time, and they're not really adding uh, anything to it. So what, you want to make sure the people that are there are people who have some kind of, as you like to say, skin in the game. Absolutely. And, and because then they, they can add to it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, one of the th- key things I find that because much like uh, any type of civilian entity with the army, it's constantly got to be revolving. It can never stop. It always has to be going kind of thing. Right. So one of the other key elements that I like to throw in there when it comes to identifying uh, who will attend is uh, let's say uh, let's just say you have a company and in that company you have five platoons. And within each one of those platoons, you have four squads. Now, if you did the rough estimate, you're you're looking at a, a large number of people, lots of voices. So what I like to tell them to do is I need you to, at the leader's level, conduct your own little AARs and then bring that feedback to the major AAR, right? Uh, what that does is that kind of helps uh, a lot of the, the mumble, the chatter, or just too much stuff being thrown out there. Uh, and... You know, not everyone's going to get to listen or somebody's going to be distracted and half the audience is distracted. So there's, there can be a lot of things that kind of interfere with it. So sometimes it's nice to go ahead and plan for in this planning phase is say, listen, once the event's over, you're going to have X amount of days conduct a mini AR within your platoon, your section, your squad, whatever it is. And then the key leaders are going to bring that material with them. The only problem I have with that, Ed, that I've ever had was... I want to make sure that my leaders understand that the information they receive from their juniors within their organ within that entity that they have, they need to bring that with them. Not, well, that wasn't that important. I don't know because it could, it could be something very critical and important. You know, uh, do you kind of see where I'm going with that? So I, I can't believe this is going to happen. I see where you're going, but I don't necessarily agree. I hate to oh, say okay. it. Because I really want to have my junior guys there because, one, I want them to see how an AR works, and I want them to understand their voices being heard because that's really the key to ensuring that that senior leader doesn't minimize what they're saying. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, if Private Schmugatelli really feels strongly that, hey, the gun and gun truck in front of me wasn't using effective uh, fields of fire, well... Yeah, all right, we got that. That's not a big deal. Now it's not put out there, but Schmugatelli hears that question and you give him a response to it, then you get that buy-in from him and you're training future leaders. So I kind of, I, I know why you say it, because you can't have a tent. Yeah. You have your AR in this tent and you can't have 300 people in this tent. But I, I at the same time, I think you got to figure out a, a kind of a medium ground because those juniors got to be involved, I think. Oh, you know what? And, and I agree with you uh, to that point. I I guess my way of seeing it is just slightly different from yours. And, and we conduct AARs a little bit different here and there. And there's no like particular way that you have to say, all right, everybody's there or 
just exclude these people. And and that's a good point is that, you know, we, we see that and we're able to uh, identify maybe where our shortcomings are. You can AAR your AAR, who knows? Yeah. Um, but the idea is selecting, you know, the right people to be there. And it is, you know, it is good to have some juniors there too, because it helps them. They're taking our job one day and they need to understand what's going on. Sooner rather um, than later. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then selecting, uh, the, the proper site, because you said, Hey, I can't have 300 people in this little teeny tiny tent. It, you know, uh, that's obviously a given. And along with that, that's selecting the sites is choosing, choosing the right training aids. Now you brought up the sand table. Uh, you want to describe to the audience, those of who don't understand a sand table, what a sand table actually is. I can, I can give you, it's a, it's a representation of an actual area, wherever area you're using to train. So this is what I want you to think of. A lot of people have seen the old Godzilla movies. It basically a sand table is Japan or wherever area you're training on that, that scale, like you're making a Godzilla movie, right? It's just, it's just a, a representation, something that lets you say, okay, that is MSR Tampa or supply route Tampa. That's a supply route Pluto. And it runs right here. And this right here is this camp. And that way, when you're giving your AR and you're saying, hey, as the convoy moved through this choke point at MSR Tampa, I noticed that we let it bottleneck us or get us, you know, crowded in. I can see now. Oh, yeah, I can see where that would happen. I yeah. remember that. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, all it, it is, just a graphic representation. Yeah. And, and to tell you the truth, like, so one of the things I like better about a sand table than like, say, PowerPoint slides or just a map on the board, it helps kind of. Uh, jog your memory too because when you're seeing these little because it's a mini model of the area you're training in or working in when you're seeing it go through and people are saying they're moving little vehicles or they're they're placing people in certain areas it it helps you revisualize what you seen and heard and did within your organization so i i find that the sand table is one of the better ways to go about things now how do we do a sand table for let's say um a major logistics company. Well, I don't quite know off the top of my head, but I would say that there's probably ways to go about it um, to build like some type of sand table, maybe so showing uh, pathways of, of movement of uh, materials or equipment or, or whatever it is, or, or the trucking scheme of going in and out of a major distribution center. Um, it's just the ideas are unlimited on how we do it, but it is key. And then yeah, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, well, I think depending on your problem set, like you met, mentioned the trucking routes, well, maybe our, our problem is that we're having a bottleneck of trucks when we're trying to get them loaded and get them out as quickly as possible. So you could do a sand table of, you know, the back loading dock area and the road leading into it and try to figure those things out. So, I mean, and it's a good tool for you to be like, okay, so if we do this is the flow in, this is the flow out. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's not going to work. All right, what about this? So it lets you adjust those things. So it really depends on your problem set. But I think you could use this in certain instances in, you know, in a civilian uh, sector as part of an AR. Absolutely. I, I And I like that idea when you just said like showing the traffic flow in and out too. I mean, I can only imagine in some places like the, the traffic nightmare things can be. So if you had a smaller scale down, version of it to show people it will help kind of because you know some people think in words some some people think in pictures and to me i like to see 
a visualization, you know, I'd be able to visualize, actually see what it's supposed to look like. Cause then it helps me through the process. Uh, so with that, so that's kind of, that's where we go with about planning. So all those elements have to be taken in and now we have to prepare for it. We have to prepare for the actual AAR. We're not even in conducting yet. We're still back at, we, we just finished planning. Now we're going to prepare for it. So we have to, re, one of the key things is we have to review training objectives, uh, the orders, the medal, the doctrine. Um, medal uh, is the mission essential task list, or basically it's the things that uh, your unit is supposed to be capable of doing. Um, I mentioned earlier, the SOP, they have to be able to review that. They want to review this beforehand because to tell you the truth, Ed, did you, do you have time to understand how to do the bend and reach properly in the front of a formation while you're evaluating, or do you need to review it so you understood what you were looking for? Uh, I have to review it. And then uh, the last thing for preparation, you, I'm going to rehearse it myself in the mirror to make sure I understand what it's, what right looks like. So, yeah. Okay. So you put yourself in their that. situation then and to help oh, you yeah. understand their situation. Okay. That, that's good. Um, identify key events. Key events. Uh, when when we think about key events, what we want to say is like there's culminating events that meet uh, the ma- the overall mark. So, for instance, I would consider that waypoints to me. Uh, say, okay, we have to do this to be able to do this. We have to be able to do this. And then there's a bunch of little subtasks to get those major events done. So we have to be able to identify those. And that can be found within the objectives, the orders, the SOP, or doctrine. Uh, observe the training and take notes. So there's usually training beforehand. If you're able to observe their train up before the actual thing, you can do so, but sometimes you don't have time to do such a thing. So it's understanding what's supposed to go on, uh, collect observations from other OCs. So part of it is be able to say, all right, so, and this is part of planning and preparing is saying, all right, we're going to be conducting the AR on this time frame. Us as OCs, we need to be able to get together um, around this time frame to kind of bounce off. So they're almost conducting a small AAR in a sense amongst themselves about the organization they observed. Uh, and th- that does, that helps. Well, yeah, I saw this. Well, I didn't see this. No, I saw. And then Jim over here says, oh yeah, I saw this. Um, they actually did do that. It was just on this side. You were around the other way, you know? So that helps them identify because you don't want to go into an AAR with a bunch of, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. And it actually happened because then it seems, in a sense, it seems like maybe that person wasn't paying attention enough. And now it just kind of turns into more of like, well, they didn't understand. They didn't catch it. So I don't really care what they had and to there say. You know goes what I'm saying? Your credibility. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Credibility. That's a that's the key piece you're uh you're saying there. Prepare the AR site. When it comes to this, now we talked about informal and we have formal. When we're going through these steps, this is more geared towards a formal. An informal, you don't really have to prepare an AR site. But when it comes to preparing a formal AR site, what's something you think you would look for, Ed, uh, when doing that? Uh, so for me, let's let's think about, uh, you know, we used to do a lot of field training. Uh, me, I'm looking for like some fallen trees maybe or some ground suitable for the soldiers to take off their helmet, get comfortable and sit down. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for like a small clearing, something like that. So when we talk about business, okay, I'm not doing the AR in a crowded break room. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to 
talk over people. So mm-hmm. that's when you're looking at, okay, what conference room is available? Or if I have a small team, we can come in my office. And, you know, a guy once told me when you make people comfortable in your office, they're more apt to share more and, and talk more. They're not going to try to cut the AR short. So maybe I have a few little donuts or refreshments, Krispy Kreme. Oh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme in my office, something like that, but we do it in my office. So those are the things I'm looking for. I want them to be comfortable and, and, and set an environment where they're not feeling like they need to rush to get out of here. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something earlier. You just mentioned Krispy Kreme. Uh, I've been taking a note out of Jocko's book and I've been staying away from donuts and man, is it so tough because you just mentioned Krispy Kreme and I just seen they're coming out with like a Reese's form of their donut where it's like in the middle, it's like a chocolate on top. It's like a regular donut in the middle is like a peanut butter type mix and then a chocolate on top. And it's literally like, it's supposed to be their Reese's donut. Oh my goodness, man. I I may have to try that and then provide them with some AR comments on their website. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. It's just, you said that and it made me automatically go there. Like I literally have been thinking about it since the day I seen, I'm like, I can't be eating these donuts, you know, trying to lose some, trying to, Get small a little bit. All right. So the final part of this area of, of, of the, of the uh, preparing is rehearsals. We, I mentioned it earlier. We do rehearsals to help us become proficient. One of the things that makes rehearsals work for an AR is this. You don't want people talking over each other, right? So understanding who's going to talk about what points and bring it up helps. So when those OCs, they have that discussion on the points when they when basically they talk about their notes they can also hash out who's going to talk about what who's going to be the focal point for everyone to kind of focus in on and and to pay attention to if if i'm if if we have an aar and i have five or six different people there that are constantly interjecting i'm one i'm going to get confused who's in charge right two it's also going to seem more chaotic so if we rehearse, all right, so Ed, you're going to take the initial part uh, of going from point A to point B. Uh, Joe over here, you're going to take from B to C. I'm going to go ahead and do C to D, and then we're going to have uh, Schmuckatelli. You're going to do uh, the rest of it, all right? And what it allows us to, and it, it allows us to break it up into small chunks too, all right? Now, that doesn't mean that somebody can't talk within that area because uh, because it, it almost like kind of like pulls away from uh, the knowledge of the person that's supposed to be speaking or pulls away from what you, you know, the, the authority and sort of speak at the same time, you want to put in your information you can, but that's why you had that meeting beforehand to talk about it. So you can, you know, you can speak for the person. And then if somebody has a question, say, well, what do you mean by that? Then that person probably could speak up say, you know, but it's best to kind of perform a rehearsal. I, I'm telling you right now, rehearsals 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 that's one of the things we used to tell our guys all the time when edit uh that's one thing i've always heard the bearded ninja say all the time rehearsal rehearsal remember when we were going through the first going through the course and you'd be sitting at your desk working on your class and he was yeah you got to get up and rehearse you got to get up in the seat rehearse 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 yeah and they even used to i think they gave we used to give like two days of just for their final block of instruction, they were mm-hmm. two days of just rehearsals. And, you know, the ones that take advantage of rehearsal time did well. The ones that didn't, 
eh, they were, you know, middle of the pack, mediocre performances. So yeah. Rehearsals. We know I'll go back to, uh, we've talked about this before, Ed, where we talked about like an initial, when we got there to what we called ABIC at the time, uh, Army Basic Instructor Course, and now it's completely changed. But basically, the course taught us to be better instructors, and they gave us the material, and they, they gave us what, one binder, and then they, and you know, yeah, they point over and say, all right, all this, all those binders on that shelf, you have to learn all that stuff. And, you know, you, you were thinking the same yeah. thing I was, which was, uh, you want me to learn all of that? Like, this is too much. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So one of the key things that I, and I, and I picked up on, and like you said, the bearded ninja, uh, he was kind of like that guy. He constantly said it once when I first sat there and I'd read the material to prepare for it. I didn't feel like I grasped it as much as once I stood up and I actually tried to rehearse going through the class, I felt more confident when I actually gave the class and basically the rehearsal is a confidence builder, so to speak. Um, how, how did you particularly feel about it? Yeah. I always, um, I always kind of look at things and say, you know, when I rehearse, um, I looked at an opportunity. So in the beginning I was kind of, uh, skeptical. I was like, eh, you know, not really wanting to rehearse. I don't know these people. But then as I progressed at the uh, academy and I started to rehearse more and more, I noticed my confidence in the classroom went up. I noticed my scores on my evals were going up. So that's when the buy-in happened. I was like, yeah, this is how it should be. Exactly. All right. So with that, we're going to jump into what is considered conducting an after-action review. All right. What we do have to remember is an AAR is a dynamic, candid professional discussion for training which focuses on unit performance against the army standards in our in our career field obviously it could be against whatever standards you're doing it for the tasks being trained everyone can and should participate if they have an insight observation or questions which will help the unit identify and correct deficiencies or maintain strengths so what I read there, uh, that's coming straight out of this manual. It kind of, I think it, I think that almost set up parameters of exactly where you and I talked about who should be in the attendance. It set up those parameters for us where I was saying, Hey, I just want them to do their own. And then they key leaders. And then you said, Hey, no, everyone can be a part of it. It actually says basically everyone can and should. So everyone can and should participate if they have ins- an insight or an observation or questions, right? But I mean, that really helps kind of set the tone there. And then also remember, an AR is not a critique. No one, regardless of rank or position or strength of personality, has all of the information or answers. After action reviews, maximize training benefits or event or the event basically helps maximize it by allowing people, regardless of their rank or position, to learn from each other. That's what's key. That We, we talk about all the time, lifelong learning. Uh, it works for all you the time. all the time. That's the whole point behind it. Um, and then an AR does not uh, grade success or, or failure. All right. So that's not what it's made. For, it's not a grade, so to speak. It's just a review of what it is. Now, can you get evaluated for a grade? Absolutely. But it's, it's more of like a look back because we want to improve this. There are always weaknesses to improve and strengths to sustain all the time. But so we have to remember that. Um, I, I've noticed this before and you probably did too, Ed, uh, people's feelings get hurt sometimes during <laughs> ARs. 
Yeah, but you know, I've also seen ARs become critiques and not as a critique, it's not effective either. But yeah, people do, you know, because we all want to not check our ego. And when mm-hmm. we don't have our ego in check, that's when we get offended. For me, I want you to tell me. I, in fact, I don't really want to hear the good stuff, to be honest with you, Brian. I'd rather hear some of the negative stuff for me personally as Ed so I know what I need to work on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know right. we're supposed to say the good, but I'm just saying me personally as a person, I prefer the bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's... and. But that's because you wanting to improve. You know where your good points are. But sometimes, and that's the thing, Ed, I, I find that like sometimes we don't know our strength until somebody mentions it to us too, right? Uh, I can, Just a point about it. You are, a pe- you are a people person, even though you constantly told me, oh, I'm not a people person, right? But I also told you people are attracted to you because of your personality. You have an attractive personality. Aww. And, you know, but... But I remember telling you yeah. this once. You're like, no, I don't think so. And then later on, he's like, yeah, no, I think you were right about that. After you know, we but that was a. F- I remember when you said it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's about you know, and that's and that's just an example of one of those things where it's like, sometimes it's good to hear those good also. But I, I I'm totally with you, man. I want to know what I did wrong because I want to fix what I did yes. wrong. But at the same time, people need to know what they did right too, because it's almost an affirmation. And positive affirmation really helps build upon that. Uh, and we'll get in, we'll kind of get into that too, kind of like how, when we conduct it, how the wording we'll use. Um, so with that, when we go to do this, when you're, when you're conducting this, there's actually a format that you go through, right? So right off the bat, you got to kind of introduce the AR and then the, the rules of those ARs, right? The, the, the finger pointing and, and that, well, if such and such would have done X, Y, and Z, then we could have completely completed our mission. Well, there's no need for that right? Those, those points are getting pointed out. You don't have to finger point on somebody or try to make somebody look smaller Mm -hmm. or or not as competent to make yourself look better. Because all now what you're doing is you're just turning into a, a a defensive type situation, you know, or critique of someone else. Uh, And then we got to review the objectives and the intent. You have to know what you're talking about before you start talking about, you know, the commander's intent, uh, the training objectives. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the uh, the organization's uh, mission or vision for that mission on this particular project. You have to review that. So one of the key phrases we use, Ed, was what was supposed to happen, yeah. right? Uh, and then what what's usually the next question we like to always ask our our, our Joe's. Uh, what did happen? You know, I used to, uh, when I first heard that, Ed, I used to be like, why are you asking that? that that's so stupid. Cause so this is one of those areas that I was doing wrong. Cause I always thought it was just supposed to be what was supposed to happen. But sometimes when we say what was supposed to happen, it's not actually what happened. So we, 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 we say, Hey, this is what we were supposed to do. All right. This is what we actually did. And it could be different. And that I I never I'm not sure how you like your knowledge beforehand or how much knowledge you had. That I never grasped onto until I actually went through a proper AR and I was like, oh, now I see what you mean because then I was actually doing the right one. And then, so another question we may ask is, what were the differences? And that kind of yeah, I've never used that. What's that? 
I've never used that. I saw that I saw that review in the material, and I've never used that. So yeah. I, I'd like to learn more about that myself. And that that to me, I kind of like that because what it does is it it might actually open up doorways, Ed. It, it may uh, open up something where it's like uh, the idea of all right. So yeah, we were supposed to do this, but instead we had to do this. Um, well, why? That's the why. You know what I mean? Why were there differences? Uh, there could be. It could have been because maybe the resources weren't there. Or this wasn't that, and that gets put on the table. Right. So now what we're doing is we're opening up. We may not be, I don't know. We're opening ourselves up to what our parameters were, maybe, so to speak, or our knowledge base, um, our experience level uh, of, of the group or the person. So that, to me, you know, these questions, they kind of they help establish the setting for what's going to actually be talked about. Uh, right here, I, I was just kind of reading this here. It says, these questions establish a common understanding of the work item under review. The facilitator, which is normally your OCs or whoever's in charge, should encourage and promote discussion around these questions. In particular, divergences from the plan should be explored. Uh, do, do you do you have an idea of why you would think they would be explored more? You want to look at those things. So when we say what was supposed to happen and what actually happened, well, what caused if we stray from that plan? It could be, you know, Murphy is a thing. Murphy's law is in effect. It could be, you know, uh, somebody came up with a better idea. There could have been a conditions issue. So you want to explore those things so you can so you can refine your plan for the next time. So maybe what we what was supposed to happen didn't happen for a valid reason. So next time, why would we start with this is what we want to do if we know that that didn't work the last time for a valid reason. So you explore it, dig deeper, peel back the onion and see why those things did not go the way, you know, it didn't happen the way it's supposed to exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that, that can be uh that can be kind of one of those areas that uh, some people miss the, they miss, where they're supposed to go on. But then we go into uh, certain types of questioning and we don't set parameters on this. This was the key thing, Ed, that I was messing up because often people used used to set parameters on it. Do you remember how they used to say it? Yep. Give me three ups and three downs. (laughs) Three ups and three downs. Yep. That's how I came up. I think the army changed. I actually think that could have possibly, if you dug in, that may have been doctrinally the answer at one point. Maybe not ups and downs, but it may have been, hey, tell them, give me three sustains and three improves. Because no matter where yeah. you go, that is a thing. But yeah. doctrinally, it's not accurate. So maybe at one point it was, and it's just a, a holdover. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. And I always loved I always loved how uh, Rick used to say it, too. He's like, well, you can't put a number on all the good or all the bad because there may be little bit more than the other um maybe the person really did really well or the people the individuals maybe they did really well or maybe they were just hot garbage right and there are no there was nothing good come out of it uh that's why it's like you can't really set a number on it you know uh but the very first question is what worked so we're gonna go through talk about what actually worked and you can you can bust it up into different segments you could talk about what worked um, in A through B and then B through C and then C to D, you know, talk about like different, the waypoints I talked about, mm. or you can just talk about, you know, you can ask all these questions about certain segments. You don't have to just stay a certain format on it. Uh, 
I, I personally, I like to kind of see what worked and then, and then the other question, Ed, of what didn't work and then move on to the next segment because it allows us to kind of like remember as we go along. What are your thoughts? I, I like to know what didn't work too, because then that generates a whole nother discussion. So, okay, so that didn't work. Well, you know, what's some reasons that we think that didn't work? And we can even, if especially in a small group environment, we can maybe hash out why it didn't work and we could come up with a way to fix that, that issue. You know what I mean? And at the same time, we're teaching our soldiers to identify a problem, but also identify a solution or possible course of action for that problem. So yeah, I like that, Brian. Yeah. And uh, something you brought up there. So you said the why, what worked, what didn't work, and then why that I think that's key at, I think that, that to me, that's probably the most key part of what did and what didn't is the why, because what if you have a young associate, a young soldier, a young uh, family member, whoever it is that you're dealing with, and they thought, well, hey, nothing bad happened, so it all worked. Well, n- yes and no. It, did the task actually get it get met within the parameters set, or do we have to change the parameters? And then why did we change those parameters? And understanding that why allows us to think critically differently, right? It's it's taking that uh we we used to call it a GNI, general new information. Yep. Right. Oh wow. And it's and it's <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, it's taking that GNI and it's and it's kind of embedding it in them. So they learned because and this is ELM for you all, ex- experiential learning model. Uh, you start off with a concrete experience, so everyone understands uh, where we're going with this lesson. Uh, then you publish and process that, which helps them relate with feeling because if we feel a certain way about something we tend to associate with better but then we jump into that that gni that general new information so there's the old knowledge then there's new knowledge and i think when we get into that why ed when we get into that we are helping them build upon their already gained knowledge by giving them new information because maybe they didn't understand why um and i hate it i really do hate it man when you have the you have the know-it-alls within the group when you conduct these because I've dealt with it before. And it's like, seriously, man, you didn't know that you're just, you're literally, you're standing there winging this crap. Uh, you're just slinging whatever's on your brain about it. Well, yeah, you know, this, this would have worked if this and this, but this is why that doesn't, it's like, come on, dude, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, always got that one. And it happens. I, I got tested one time uh, not too long ago. I think I told you about it, Ed, but I really got upset with this uh, this individual. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, like, no, we're not going to do that that way. We're going to do it this way. Just because it's almost like they had to make their voice known amongst the group and no one knew who he was. So, um, so the question is why generates understanding of the root causes of these successes and failures. So realize that. And then the final piece of this is what would you do differently next time? What do you think? Do you think that's really important, Ed? I think it is because what's the point of you telling me what was supposed to happen, what did happen, what went right, and what went wrong? If I'm not going to use it, like what's the point? So yeah, absolutely, I think that's crucial. Yeah, I don't know how to implement it. Yeah, yeah. This question is is definitely intended to help identify specific actions. Recommend it, right? Because if you're telling me this is what went right, then I know to do that again. But if you're telling me this is uh, what didn't work and I know why, 
I should be able to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do next time to help fix this issue. Right? The facilitator asks the team members for crisp and clear, achievable and future-oriented recommendations. We're talking in the future here. What can I do next time? Um, I've, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've conducted an AR with a particular with a soldier at some point, and they tell me this is what I'm going to do next time, and then we do this same event, and they do <laughs> not do it next time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, did, did you ever used to keep your notes? Um, I don't know if you ever did, cause I used to do it. Uh, I would transfer if I had notes about PRT, right. And I would do my little AARs on the, on the PRT. I would use, sometimes I used to transfer it or I'd take pictures of it. And then when I went to evaluate them, the sec, cause they would get the first evaluation and then I'd evaluate them the second time. I would pull them up to see if they're making those modifications. Um, I, I didn't use it uh, with the soldiers, but I, I never, so I had the laminated scorecards and I would write my notes and I would not get rid of those scorecards or notes from rehearsal or eval until they graduated. And then I'd wipe them all clean. Like that was one of my graduation day tasks. Oh, that's a, that so I had good. it. I just never used it with the soldier. Well, I mean, it, to me, that's kind of almost doing the same thing too. You could always review it if you had to, Hey, you know, yeah. at the end, but, and, but that really helps though. You know what I mean? It like, to me, that helps me identify if they actually took it serious or not. And some people may say, oh, well, this, this AR thing, this seems pretty simple. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It is really simple to do it. It's just, do you do it? And then do you use the information given? You know, uh, do, have you ever, uh, have you ever done an AR ed where you kind of like, you knew it was just kind of like a word check the block thing. It wasn't really going to work or help. Uh, yeah. So I had students try that with me. So, you know, you say, Hey, what was supposed to happen? And they tell you this big, long, fancy answer. And then they would mm -hmm. say, I'd say, so what did happen? They go exactly that. Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> y'all need yeah. to say something else because that's not going to work with me. So eventually they knew like my students got yeah. to know he's not going to accept exactly that. Like that's just lazy yeah. and there's no thought to it. And there's no, that's not helping anybody. So like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I used to enforce them to uh, tell me, but, and then generic, I, I would call my soldiers out for generic responses. Like I said, Oh, the weather was good. Yeah. Can you tell me what he had to do with the weather? You can't, right. So come <laughs> on something else. Uh, yeah. Good, good pace. Sorry, his cadence was fast. So how's his pace good? Like you guys are just throwing stuff out you've heard over and over, but you're not helping your battle buddy. You're not helping that soldier get better, especially when we did the practice. So we do the practice. You feed him a bunch of junk and don't, and you're not honest with him. Now we're at the real evaluation. He's doing the same things that mm -hmm. were wrong the first time because you, his peer did not assist him. So yeah, I mean that, that's the point of an AR. We may as well not have one if you're not going to be honest and try to assist somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. You said you, you talked about the exactly that one. Uh, I I've had that happen. I had that happen to me too. You know, it's the same, it's the same all the time. And, and it's, it's weird how like you have classes that will do it and then classes that didn't, and then they'll do it again. It's like, how does this just keep coming, you know, keep coming back? You know, it's almost like somebody's teaching them to say this. Like, <laughs> somebody said, Exactly that. And I, I looked over at him and I said, what is that? 
And then they they had to recite everything that they were that they did. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that tough, was it? <laughs> yeah, the shortcut so. was not all that effective, now was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so what I wanted what I wanted to bring up, I found this in a particular article. Um, and you, you may like these questions. When I read through them, let me know which what sticks out to you the best. All right, so a retrospective is a variation on the after action review and follows the same format, but involves asking uh, the following more detailed questions. So I'm, I'm going to say this now. I think these questions could work during the after action review in helping of, of the facilitation of the original questions. And if you remember correctly, those of you listening, the original questions out there were this, what was supposed to happen? What actually happened? Why were they, uh, why were there differences? What worked? What didn't? Why? And then what would you do differently next time? So here's the questions for the retrospective side of things. What did you set out to achieve? What was your plan to achieve this? How did this change as you progressed? What went well and why? What could have gone better? What advice would you give yourself if you were to go back to where you were at the start of the project? What were the two or three key lessons you would share with others? What next for you in terms of this project? Can you think of a story that summarizes your experience of work on this project? What should we have learned from this project a year from now? And are there any lessons for you personally? So of those questions I just asked, Ed, right? Which one stands out to you? I have one that really stands out to me right now. Mm. So I'm a big fan. I don't know why I'm a big fan of it. Uh, what advice would you give yourself if you were to go back to where you were at the start of the project? So this brings me back to when we had the episode about reflection. Uh, to me, right. that's what I think of. I think that's a good reflection tool um, and, mm-hmm. and and kind of goes into when we talked about mindfulness too, being aware, self-aware, and then, now I got that advice I can give myself to make things uh, better. So I, I kind of like that one. And it's the longest one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it that it is. It is the longest one. Um, and actually, I think the, the next longest is the one I liked. It's can you think of a story that summarizes your experience of work on this project? And I... <laughs> I guess you say I picked that sort of because I feel like that's more like that whole experiential learning thing because I really I really bought into that hard when we ended up starting doing the yeah. experiential learning model because to me, experiences have helped me learn the most, right? So let's say, for instance, um, right before I left, not too long before I left, we did a range and a soldier turned a vehicle around and they turned this vehicle around and I don't think they realized like, the area they could drive and it actually got the front tire stuck in the mud a little bit. So it's spin mud everywhere. And I jumped on them a little bit and well, a quite bit actually. And said, <laughs> what are you thinking? You know, you, you know how to do X, Y, and Z. You should have, you know, looked at your pathway. I, I gave him all kinds of things and I could tell he was the, the, the individual was feeling a little down. So about five minutes after that, cause I let it kind of simmer for a minute. Then I walk over and said, don't worry, man. I put an LMTVM pond once, yeah. you know, but I was able to kind of summarize what he did by talking about an incident I had, and it helped me associate with him. I knew how I felt, and at the same time, I had to think about it and think about how maybe he felt. 
Uh, for instance, here's another one. So last night, uh, my son decides to use a word towards us, and he oh. said, whatever. <laughs> oh. oh, and you know, I'm about to come unglued, right? Um, so long story short, you know, we, we, we figured it all out, but he said, whatever. And I said, I said, excuse, he knew as soon as he said it, like you should have seen his face at he is like, he knew that was the wrong word ever <laughs> to you. Cause I looked at him and I said, excuse me. And he did the one. No, no, I didn't, I didn't, you know, you know, like you're trying to take it back, but you can't take it back. And he doesn't realize he can't take it back. And I said, okay. Go ahead and you and, and my punishment for him because I don't I don't spank my kids I really don't do things like that ten pushups buddy and he did not want to do pushups so I sent him upstairs I said well you can go to your room then no dinner you know my wife she looked at me and I, I this was one of those times where it's like I had to listen to my wife you know she was right I was wrong in a sense because when I said no dinner she, I said I said uh, no dinner she's like really he should probably eat and I'm like. It happened to me, you know, and I, I, I use that. Well, that's what happened to me when I was young. And she said, think about that. You know, like just her words. And it's almost like, oh, why does she have to be my conscience? You know? <laughs> so, so with, I went through this. Ex- what's that? It sounds like she's doing an AR to me. It, it almost, it almost felt like it. Right. Yeah. So, so she kind of turned my experience around on me and I was like, man, I got to go upstairs. I got to work this out with him and get him to kind of see what he did wrong so he can come down and eat, you know, because I, I don't want it to be a lost lesson learned. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, so I come upstairs and we talk about it and I give him a hug and stuff. And man, he's crying, like he's crying like crazy, you know, because it really hurt his feelings because he felt like he t- completely disrespected us. And uh, which in a sense, I felt like he punished himself just because hmm. he just. You know when Ethan does something, right, that he knows he's not supposed to. He genuinely, and when I say genuinely, like his heart is in it, and he tries to bounce back from it. Um, so we ended up coming downstairs, and and it all came over, like no joke. His mom told him, hey, you're supposed to put your shoes back on the shoe rack. And he said it, and that's when, you know, it blew up. So we're sitting at the table, and he's and we made like, these turkey meatballs. And he's eating his meatball. And he puts it down and he's like, you know, he's still, you know, to kind of hold it back. And he's like, mom, I want to let you know, I put my shoes back when I came downstairs and I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, Aww. okay. So, so you knew he got it. Right. Yeah. And it, that was, you know, but it helped me. It helped me as a parent when she brought up to me, Hey, listen, really? You know, because I said, well, you know, I, I went to bed without food and she looked at me and she, she knew, well, that's not the right answer. So, and I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, but it took me a moment because I was kind of, I was in my mood. Yeah. So it really helped out. So that's why I think, can you think of a story that summarizes your experiences of work on this project? I think it, you know, whether it be a project, whatever it is, I think that's how we relate things. So anyway, yeah, let's no. get to the follow-up, man. Yeah. We got to get to the follow-up. Oh, no, we're not. Out. No. <laughs> oh, no? No. So I really found your story. I'm sitting here thinking about it while you're talking. You know, you're talking about my man, Ethan. And it, and it really dawned on me that aren't our wives just walking ARs for us? Like, when we do something stupid, who's the one that's like, <laughs> now, what what should have happened? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I know my wife is like, a you know, a walking AR for me. And I'm thankful for it because... You know, sometimes, you know, especially dealing with my siblings, I, I lack some uh, emotion and, and she'll, yeah. she'll call me Impact. on it in a heartbeat. She will call me on it <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, well, they should suck it up. And she's like, really? 
Yeah. Is that what you really believe? And it's like, well, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so it's just weird. I, I, that's kind of funny. Your story made me think why yeah walking just add it to the list of things they do for us walking aars yeah. their awesomeness their awesomeness is they are an aar yeah. for us yeah that, yeah man i you know what though it's i'm glad you because when you say that i i could probably go back to so many different things in life <laughs> uh that his like i've changed things because it was brought to my attention and and who better to bring it to your attention than your spouse right I mean, oh, yeah. that's the person you've committed to for life that you'd love, you know, that's that supposed to be that person, right? Yep. Obviously, you and I, we're candid, we're honest with each other, we know how to talk to each other, we're good friends, but there are just some things we don't talk about, right? Or we don't we don't discuss or we don't pick at because we don't know if that's too sensitive or not. But our spouse, they can pretty much say anything. <laughs> and get so, away with it, yeah, especially man. if they've been married to you more than 10 years of your military career, just saying. <laughs> those of you service members out there know exactly what we're talking about yeah, yeah no it's it, it is it is man i'm glad you brought that up that's that's awesome yeah uh so let's talk about the follow-up now let's get into that all right so you were doing it brian so you talked yeah. about how you were yeah. writing down these things and then when the student got up there the next time you would pull it out there and you'd look at it when you were following up mm-hmm. you, they told you i'm yeah. gonna fix these things and you're like well you didn't though or you did, whichever, you know what I mean? You build that win streak by saying, well, look, hey, here's five things that you did wrong last time. And you only did one mm-hmm. of them wrong again this time. So that's a that's a remarkable improvement. Like, excellent job, you know? You build that win streak and build up a little credit with them. So I think you were yeah. you already gave a perfect example of follow-up. Absolutely. Um, maybe another thing too, though, Ed, could be like how we fix our, our uh, doctrine, our SOPs, or, you know, basically our our guidance. Yes. Because if we, if we say this didn't work and we still leave it as some type in, of, of instructional way that somebody's going to learn how to do it within that organization or whatever, and we don't fix it, then they're going to go back and redo the same thing that we said didn't work. So to me, that's kind of a way of going back and fixing those errors that we found in how we operate. Uh, to, to, I mean, and I've seen it before. I, I've, I've seen it where there's there's a, a, a unit SOP. They say, this doesn't work. We're not going to do it this way anymore. Two years down the road, same stuff in that same SOP, uh, and it still doesn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just a you know one of those things. What else? Yeah, so that's something that we're actually doing. So we went through a rapid leadership change here, and some of the knowledge was lost in that change because it was so rapid. So... Now, mm. you know, I find I, I, I liken myself to a uh, what's that thing? A Roomba? A Roomba? Yeah, the vacuum. You know, I'm trying to a figure out a Roomba? Yeah, what's that vacuum? Isn't that what it's called? Roomba? I think so. So I've likened myself to that. Like I'm trying to figure things out and I'm planning events and then I bump into a wall and I make note of that and I'm like, all right, that wasn't right. And then I bump into the wall, make my note and keep moving. And then on our share point, we're going through and revising things and saying, all right, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't work anymore, or this area is not acceptable for this mission. Uh, so because of the leadership change, the loss of knowledge, we've been uh, doing a lot of revisions in my office mm-hmm. currently. Yeah. and But you know what, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to go out on a limb on this and say it. I love the fact of how resourceful 
soldiers, from our standpoint, now I don't know how civilians are, how soldiers can be so resourceful and can still get after it and still figure things out, even though they realize, okay, there was lost knowledge here. We're going to regain this in exactly what you're saying is what, that, that happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but that happens. Um, And it just, I, I, I'm baffled sometimes how well, and I tell, I, you know, I've told that to uh, the, the, the group of individuals, the hardworking individuals of my company of how I am just in awe of their ability to, we have such a large turnover, but they can pick up that ball and continue running, even if they don't know it's the right direction. And somehow they get the right direction, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I love it, man. All right. So basically the follow-up is just that. We're following up on the information that was gone over during the AAR to ensure the the, the norms were established or the new norms were established uh, to continue the process and to do better because you're always building on those things. Uh, I would definitely tell you, if you really want to use this particular format or you want to understand how the United States Army does it, just go to a Google search, type in TC25-20. And what you're going to find is an uh, is is a, a an old military manual, and it's 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 open for uh, distribution. So anybody within the public sector can actually look at it and pull this up. It's not hard. You're going to see at the very top corner, or the top right corner, says TC 25-20, and it's called a Leader's Guide to After Action Reviews. Uh, there's a date on this, is September 1993. So that means it was kind of like the last time that it was uh, updated. But the material in it. Just because it was, it hasn't been updated since 1993. We do that same thing now. Now, could that be changed, updated, all this? Yeah, it could be, but it works. That's the thing. It works. So I would tell you, if you're not a service member, or you are a service member, and you need to, you know, freshen up on it. Um, but if you're not a service member, and you want to try to start implementing this particular format of how to look back at projects or any type of event to make it better. I would tell you, get this, this this manual, pull it off Google. It's free. I mean, you just pull it off there and put it on and start reading it. It's not very long. I mean, Ed, we, before we started, I said, yeah, we got five chapters. It's only 22, 23 pages. Uh, that's not very long. And then there's some appendixes, glossaries, and all that stuff. And if, let's just say you have a hard time understanding some of the stuff, reach out to Ed and I. Reach out to one of us and, uh, and, and, and just ask us whatever questions you have about it. Um, I'm, we're not saying we're experts at it but I think we're pretty proficient yeah. in it. Uh, and because we've, we've done it f- for quite a while and we actually had to teach it at a leadership school. Um, and, and you don't just teach things because you, you, you know, you supposedly know it, you have to be taught be, you know, it's it kind of like a recurrent event. Uh, with that though, Ed, what do you have to say about AARs before we uh, start closing this out? Well, I think today we were supposed to discuss AARs in depth. Uh, I think that we did go into depth while we discussed ARs, Brian. Uh, I thought it was good conversation. And yes. uh, we set a time hack for ourselves. We did not make it because we both we were very knowledgeable, though. So uh, next time we'll pay more attention to the clock because I just noticed we didn't make it right now. But next time we'll pay attention. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I would definitely say that next time I will just hit my my hacks a little bit better, my time hacks to make sure we're getting the information within that time period. One last thing, though, I, w- I wanted to add in there, though, you brought up something about Murphy's Law. I I was thinking about this. There's a lot of people don't understand Murphy's Law. <laughs> Maybe one day we should do a show just about Murphy's yeah, Law. Murphy's Law is, is- <laughs> it's a terrible it's thing. A- <laughs> 
It is, but sometimes it's kind of nice <laughs> because then you change directions on things that you need to. Uh, but with that, hey, man, I don't have a whole lot more. Um, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we close this down? We need some questions. Let them be thought-provoking, especially if you address them to Brian. I uh, fully support addressing questions directly to Brian if they are challenging or math-related. Yeah. <laughs> Not that good at math. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, seriously. Episode 50, right around the corner. This is 43 you're listening to. So we'll probably by the time you hear this, we will be very close to recording 50. So right around the corner, episode 50, we are soliciting from you. And you're probably going to see us. You probably will even see before this episode comes out, see some Facebook lives. I'm going to try to knock one out here today, probably tomorrow of when I'm recording this. Um, but we need those questions. Uh, Reason being, we want to hear back from you, the audience, those of you listening. We want to know what it is that you want to have questions about. You you can make comments, whatever it is. Send them to either private message me or Ed. You can add them to the uh, one of the two Facebook page. Remember what I said earlier, 101 Influence. That's to get to our podcast page. And then if you just click visit group, you can become a part of our closed Facebook group where we pose questions every week. Now, you don't have to answer them. It could be something where you read about it and then you just think about it, right? You do an AR on yourself about that question. But with that, I, I don't have much more about this. Uh, really want to think about doing that Murphy's Law one down the road. Uh, got some really good shows coming out, Ed. Yeah, yeah? we do. Uh, we're looking at another book. We've been discussing uh, a particular book. Uh, I'm on it, talking man. about one of the greatest military leaders of all time and his leadership lessons coming up. So we got those two on tap. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and we got something else coming from the green notebook real soon. So it's, it's exciting. And so it's, it's September, my friend, my siblings will be here in November for Thanksgiving. And uh, we are taking a trip during their time here. So we'll probably be oh, recording no. the sibling discussion on influence the Haley sibling uh, discussion in Dublin, Ireland. So it should be interesting. I am going <laughs> to send, I'm going to send you some questions for that I, one, Ed. I'm I, cause I, I want you to facilitate oh these questions. Okay. I said, I, I am, yeah. I am with it. I, I'm uh, the other thing that we talked about one yeah. time, Brian, that I, I haven't mentioned to you and I'm gonna mention it to you right now is uh, my wife and I have been reading the love languages, uh, and discussing it with each other and we thought it would be awesome to maybe uh you know a couple of months down the road when you're really missing michelle again that uh maybe we'll have a weber haley discussion episode on the five love languages book oh yeah no you know michelle just finished it again so she's she ready again she, yeah, yeah she loves that she loves that whole yeah so it's our road trip book. So we'll do like a love language while we're driving and we'll just i'll read it while she drives and then we'll discuss it that's awesome, man. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I, right. I think that'll be a good one. So yeah, I, we got a few I, I mean, good things I, in the works. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we're coming up on that one year mark. Not too far down the road, brother. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah. Good times. Have to revisit. Maybe we should revisit Benavidez. Ah, yes. <laughs> My man who needs a movie. Yes. All right. So with that, uh, I want to say I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.